Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by Vigilant Guitars. Vigilant is a really rad company based in Victoria, BC, Canada, and they're making some of the world's coolest multi-scale extended range guitars and basses, all custom ordered. You want it, they'll do it. Not just the weird stuff, you just want a sick six string shred machine, it's done. Trevor is making some of the hippest stuff out there, and he's doing it using all of the most environmentally friendly processes and lumbers that he can. Heck, he often harvests his own lumber, but if he can't do that, he gets it from ethical sources. He's happy to use modern parts and modern techniques like LED lighting, rock light, carbon fiber, all sorts of cool stuff. So if you're looking for something awesome, check out Vigilant Guitars. Working smart. It's another episode of the Culture Guitarist. I, I had to push really hard to make hard sound like it would rhyme with smart. But anyway, it's family rhyme, dude. You're a songwriter. You you get it. Yeah. <laughs> One of my most famous songs, most successful tunes I ever had. I like your butt. No, no. <laughs> if I ever record that one, my wife will murder me and move yes, on to the will. next much much better husband. Um. No, you are not wrong. I, I have I've famously or infamously might might be the more accurate term, uh, rhymed the word away with away four times in one verse. The verse I, was four lines, by the way. So go ahead and imagine how great that sounded. I wrote a whole song on one rhyme sound. Nice. <laughs> My name is Al Love Guitars. Al. With me, as ever, is Acoustics Rule Casper. <laughs> and joining us today for part oh, no. two of the Parts Build series. <laughs> I promise to go easier on you this time, buddy. I kind of uh, threw you under the train last time. <laughs> it wasn't even a bus. <laughs> <laughs> Grab yourself a body, Gary, from Parts Caster Concierge. Okay. We can do that one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we did the other one last time, and... Uh, <laughs> Boy, folks, if you ever want to hear a guy uncomfortable with the spontaneous stupid nickname game, go you listen. Probably to our pre- me, boss. <laughs> <laughs> go listen to our previous episode with with Mr. Gary from Partscaster because it's great. But uh, there's a particular little shining moment in the first twenty seconds of that episode. <laughs> Gary's first words on that episode, if I'm if I'm recalling correctly, were, "What are you doing to me, Al?" <laughs> <laughs> that, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think tells you everything you need to know about that one. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm Good excited. times. I'm excited to be here. Why are you excited, Al? Because I, I've this series is so behind, mm-hmm. and it's getting done. This I'm excited to be doing it. I'm really excited to have Gary back on the show. Gary's been one of my favorite people. He's probably one of the people that we've had on the show that I've talked to the very most. Whether yeah, well, both for business and non-business related reasons. Just a good guy, dude. Mm-hmm. I like you. That's awfully kind of you, Al. <laughs> I mean, every word of it, there, homie. But I'm I just, it, man. yeah, and I'm, I'm stoked. I'm, I'm stoked to have you back. So, 
Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for joining us, dude. So, Casper, yes, what sir. are you doing today, buddy? What, what's happening? Well, you have a guitar in front of you. I do. And I have a bass in front of me. Uh, you do. Gary did a bunch of work to make it so that we could have these things in front of us. And uh, <laughs> so we're going to talk about our build series today. It's part two. Yeah. Parts if you didn't get that from series. the introduction. Um, are we going to talk about what's been going on this week? Do we do that? Do, yeah, let's do last it. Last time? Yeah, yeah. I we have remember. to. I think we have to. That's tradition. We could. We should. Okay. I, bu- I bought a crybaby. You did. I did. It's like a really beat up one from probably the mid 90s or late 2000s uh, or early 2000s. Sorry. Um, I, it's got to be at least early 2000s or newer because it's got the little battery clip uh, on the bottom. Okay. I think I was looking at it might have a date on the board. I can't remember if I saw 2003 maybe. I can't remember now. I had, it's old. Uh, there was like dead bug carcasses. Inside Ew. this thing, Excellent. it was like <laughs> it's grungy. I had one in the '90s, and it was before they had the battery clip on the bottom. Yeah, which is almost a pointless addition because all it does is break. <laughs> this one doesn't have it. Yeah, it's just a hole in the bottom. <laughs> and so, I looked at, at like replacing it, and they're like fourteen bucks or something, like for a piece of plastic that doesn't yeah. matter. And here's the pro move: if you want to be extra pro, you slap a little tape on that to seal it off. I'll just say Velcro. Yeah. Huh? And then you just move on with your life yeah. <laughs> and take the feet off so it actually sits level on the board. Yeah. yeah. Nobody ever uses the battery on those unless they're an insane person. I don't want to talk to people who use batteries only in their pedals. What yeah. are you, Eric Johnson? Get out of my life. <laughs> um, yeah. So I bought a crybaby. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I, I actually, went on that rant. I don't know either. <laughs> but I, I didn't actually buy it to have a crybaby wah pedal, uh, even though I've played it now a few times. And I actually kind of like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not something that I normally do or normally play. But, uh, yeah, definitely lost a few hours the other night when I picked it up um, exploring that. Uh, but what I actually bought it for is because I've been challenged by Sean at Lollygagger to build a Univibe type of pedal. Uh, so, oh, so you're going to, you're going to build, uh, you're going to build the base and the expression pedal. So I'm going to gut this, ex- this pedal out and I'm actually going to build the whole thing inside that pedal enclosure. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So it'll still have, uh, the knobs just mounted along like laterally along the side. And then, uh, yeah. So that's the, that's the idea anyways. It's going to work. Like swimming. Awesome. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Hey, yeah. before we get further. Yes. I do want to just give a little bit of credit here. Credit. We gave some credit to Trevor uh, last parts build series. Yeah. I want to give some credit to Gary. Yeah. Um, Gary was the first guy who believed in this and believed in what we were trying to do here. And uh, you were the first person to sign on and, and, and do this with us. And you've been super encouraging and helpful the entire time. Um, and, folks, that's why uh, for the past uh, year and a half... 16 episodes or something like that. We've been, we've been, oh, yeah, the, right. Uh, episodes have been sponsored by at the beginning of the show because this is what Gary did. This is, this is the level of faith he had. Um, and I'm invested. Right? Sorry. I'm invested. Yeah. yeah well, and, and I think without your, well, your investment, without your belief in the project and, and what we kind of had in mind, that uh, it would have been a lot more um, difficult to, um, you know, talk to other people about getting on board. So your early adoption you of the project, you made it possible, yeah. man. And, and we want to, we want to give you that. Well, thank you. Big thank you for just a big thank you. We love you. <laughs> you guys are so welcome. I'm, I'm really excited to see all this stuff come together. It has been a long road and yeah. 
I mean, every every build project I have, I'm, I'm pretty good about staying on schedule, but there's always something unexpected that you're going to come up with. So, you know, you go through it and you uh, come out on the other end and you're going to wind up with some sweet guitars when it's done. We sure hope so. Otherwise, uh, if, otherwise we've screwed up. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would like for how far we've come now, if, if it, if I never got to play it, I would be okay with the journey so far. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's turned out so well so far that if I couldn't play it for some reason, I would still be happy with the progress and the, and the, the accomplishment of building that, uh, that we've been able to manage. Man, you're gonna be playing a bass in no time. I know I was air basing to the, (laughs) to the theme music last week. (laughs) (laughs) I can, I can, I can report visual confirmation of air basing and, uh, you know what? It looked good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, It looked mm -hmm. good. I'm not sure if I should take it as a compliment, but thank you. Well, how else would you take somebody saying you look good doing something? You look good as a bass player. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Like saying you look good as a left-handed guitar player. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Anyways. Eric uh, Arrow's spirit lives yeah, with us forever. It sure does. <laughs> no, I am. Uh, I only kid. I'm I'm really looking forward to to plugging this thing in, and, and we're we're getting closer every day, so. Yeah. And Gary, I must say, man, these these bodies have these are these are absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. You, you Thank did you, incredible man. Thanks. I uh, I had a lot of fun making them. There's some pretty unique choices there, and some cool wood selection. And they, I, I'm just really ex- I'm really excited to see them come together. They're awesome. Well, I don't think I've ever had so many compliments. Anytime I post a picture of one of one of the build series, um, oh yeah, we get a ton of compliments, and yeah. that feels real good. Cool. Uh, well, you know, as long as we're we're on Gary, what have you been up to yeah. this week, Mister Gary? Uh, well, I've been busy in my garage, my shop. Uh, finally, got a couple projects that I've been working on for a little while. Um, out and moving. Can't really talk about them too much until they're finally finished up and whatnot. But uh, cool stuff is in the works. Um, I do have a five-string bass guitar that I'm going to be finishing up this week. Um, it's got some really cool electronics, uh, gun street wiring, helped me figure out kind of all these switching and everything that we were going to do for it. So another, build, another build partner, yeah. partner. and <laughs> yeah. does some wild stuff too. Oh so man, there's a, so smart. We basically have like every pickup combination you could possibly think of coming out of this guitar and there's some active tone stack going on and, all kinds of bypass options. So it's, it's going to be pretty wild. Um, the guy's planning on kind of using it in a studio and just wanted every single option at his fingertips. So cool. I'm going to oblige. Um, but I actually, this is my first time I got to build a guitar case to go along with it. So I'm kind of finishing up that case this week and, uh, that's been a fun experiment too. Cool. For fun though, for myself, I actually scored a uh, vicious bastard from the ways forever. I nice. uh, got that from the awesome. stock sale. So, that's uh, my newest pedal edition. It's been really fun. Wicked. That's that's awesome. I'm so. really looking forward to seeing that bass, man. Can you share? Can we see? Can we share pictures of that when this airs? Uh, yeah, for sure. I've put a few pictures of it up in the stories um, while I've been going through like the finished process and stuff like that. But it's uh, it's an ash body with a book match walnut top. Um, and the, the client's been pretty adventurous, kind of letting me take some, some turns and liberties with his design 
And uh, I made a way to to do binding around the body, but I did a resin pour instead of actually gluing binding all the way around it. Um, I, I borrowed, I was watching some videos actually of Cower doing his CNC method of doing binding and how they fit everything together and these reference mm-hmm. points for the scenes and all that. And I uh, kind of just tinkered together my own method of doing that manually. I don't have a CNC, so I've got to line it all up. But uh, I found a way to do some some resin-based binding. I think it turned out really cool. Cool. That's I can't wait to have a look at that. Yeah, yeah. I'll send you guys some pictures. Perfect. That sounds rad as heck. And it's got wallet, Casper. Yeah. Oh, the car- carbon fiber neck, too. It's the first time I've got to work with one of those. I've had a few aluminum ones, but first time working with carbon fiber. Nice. Well, Casper's over there just uh, lost in the cloud of lust over walnut. <laughs> speaking, um, <laughs> speaking of, I just got a text from Dan at more guitars. Oh, did you? <laughs> okay, so he's losing his marbles. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, dude. Like, So, so the neck is going to be carbon fiber entirely? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's from, uh, I am totally spacing on the company now. They're based out of England. Um, but yeah, it's carbon fiber. Uh, it's got a, like a rich light fretboard on it, I believe, and some block inlays, just super, super lightweight. And I did some chambering on the body to help kind of relieve a little bit too. So uh, it's got a good feel to it. Oh, that's cool, man. I'd love to know the name of that, that brand when you, when you get time to remember it. Um, Mm -hmm big fan of, of carbon fiber stuff. I, I recently put a carbon fiber neck on uh, my jazz master uh, and the neck came from Rubato guitars and uh, yeah, really, I've been looking at been a lot of his work. It's really cool. Oh man. Yeah. If you ever get a chance, Gary, I, I can't say enough good about those necks. Um, the guitar feels, it's the best feeling guitar I have right now. I, I yeah. say hands down. Um, which I'm hoping won't be the case when I'm done this thing, <laughs> but, uh, uh, I, I am amazed at how good that neck is now and how good the instrument is with that neck on it. So yeah, let me, yeah, know the, let me know the, the, the brand of this, uh, this bass neck. Cause I'm very curious. For sure. Cool. Well, I don't think I have a lot new. Oh. I, I'm trying to think now, do I have something new going on? I um, sold a pedal. You sold a pedal. Well, tell us about that while I keep thinking. Yeah, okay. Um, I don't know if you guys, if anybody else is following um, my personal page, or we've talked a little bit about like that I've been designing pedals and they were kind of working on learning how to. And uh, one of the pedals that I made and and uh, posted up, and I think I did a, a live stream for a few hours and put one together. And so somebody saw that and uh, asked if they could buy one from me. And I was like, uh, I guess so. They're kind of still in development, right? But it was pretty cool. So, um, yeah, they're like, the name your price. So I was like, well, I was thinking this much. And they were like, well, that's criminally undervaluing yourself. So what about this much? And I was like, okay, sure. And they're like, perfect. So I, yeah, sold a pedal. There you go. Congratulations, Casper. It was very cool. Very cool. Now I have to make a shingle to hang. Yeah, right. Post a, a picture of serial number 001. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Not that it's a big, you know, somebody local, friend of mine, but they were like, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to sell me one. Do not in any Got way belittle this. Us. I no, will I, not let you belittle this. Or, yeah, or yeah. Like, it's not a big deal. That's your first get ready for a beep. That's your first sale, brother. <laughs> That's a big uh, deal. All right. That's worth the beep. Thanks, man. It's cool. Yeah. Golf clap. 
Thank you, sir. Oh, I'm excited for you, buddy. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I can't wait till you're complaining about having to pay taxes. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, you know I already operate small business and pay taxes, right? So it's not a big deal. <laughs> it's actually cool to just be able to kind of bring any of that other extra stuff under the envelope of my small business anyways. And so there's not a whole lot extra that has to happen in that regard. It's a matter um. Al. Uh, I just. I just checked. I shouldn't have done this right now. <laughs> okay. Don't. <clears throat> I just checked my message from Brandon. Sean. Um. Why are people always trying to make me cry at the beginning of podcast episodes? This is, is it a good cry or a bad cry? Good cry. Oh, okay, good cry. Spill the beans. Um, <laughs> um, Gary, you, you, you beautiful, beautiful man, you. <laughs> what, what, what's going on here? You, you knew exactly what he was messaging about, didn't you? Uh, I might have an idea. Yeah. I mean, you're the only one in the room that doesn't. You son of a... <laughs> oh, oh. oh. You guys are always trying to make me cry on the air, and I'm a... I'm a you're a crier. Giant gooey jelly bean, man. You can't do this. It's unfair. Why am I complaining? This is I don't the weirdest. know. Oh, Love you, bro. You guys are good people. Oh, now I gotta read it out loud. Yeah, you do. I think you're you good people, man. That's why we're doing it. Oh. Well, uh, listeners, <laughs> I don't know. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay, no. I'm gonna keep it together. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it together. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna read the message verbatim because I don't think I'll be able to do this much other way. Hey, dude, guess what? Myself, Lauren Audio, Cascade Pedals, Malaise Forever Customs, Mask Audio Electronics, Electro Foods, Parts Caster, and Rare Buzzer. That's a lot of good people. Mm-hmm. And you. <laughs> well, no, that sounds like you're not good people. That's not how I meant that. Yeah. You're good people too, buddy. I, I understood. <laughs> um, have been secretly planning a raffle for you to help out with the cost of everything that's happened this year. Um, we were keeping it under wraps till it was all squared away. Uh, Lauren audio just gave me the, okay. to give you the good news. <laughs> I love that James is, that James is the, uh, <laughs> captain of that. Um, uh, wow. That's very humbling. Um, thank you guys. Uh, try and be cool. Try and be cool. Try and be cool. Is Steph still there? So. No, she she left. <laughs> crying on air again. Uh, somebody else talk. I'm okay. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's been in the works for a little while. James reached out to me um, as as you were being evacuated. Um, you know, shortly thereafter, um, with the idea to be able to, you know, try and offset some of the costs for you moving forward because we weren't sure um, whether or not you would lose your home or not and you know knowing full well that it was a very high likelihood you would 
So, um, um, yeah, while we were, well, you and I were talking about mailboxes and worried about pedals in mailboxes in your house and all that stuff. And James went to work gathering together an army and, uh, <laughs> so yeah, you guys are, we're the, uh, you guys are good people. Um, basically what's going to happen, uh, if I'm, and if I'm wrong, Gary, um, I haven't had a chance to talk to James in a little while, but, um, there's going to be a, a slew of, of pedals and, and wares, uh, raffled off, um, to, uh, to help Al, uh, put some cash in the bank so that he can get a, a new house to live in and, and, uh, offset the cost of that moving forward for the next few months so that, you know, Al doesn't have to, you know, crash with friends and, and him and his wife have somewhere to rest their heads that's their own. That's, uh, unbelievably huge. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you really like this build series and you want to build a guitar, keep an eye out for this uh, giveaway here and just throw some money at it for Al. And if you win, um, one of the prizes I'm contributing is going to be a custom built guitar body. So wow. yeah, um, kind of pick out what you want, make your own build and uh, get to work with me and go from there. That's unbelievable. If, if, wow. Um, so they'll kind of get to go through the same experience you've been through with, uh, well, I mean, not the same experience, but in terms of the guitar. <laughs> That's a good experience, man. I, I can't tell people how in love with this uh, body I am and with Casper's, although Casper's has the weight of a dead star. It is big. It's it heavy. One of the coolest <laughs> things I've ever seen. Oh, okay. Uh, uh. I want to drink Keep alcohol together, right about now. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't have anything you would like. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I I am, uh, well, this is not good. You've made me speechless on a podcast. That is hard, actually, to make out. Is- <laughs> Stop talking. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, Dead air is like the worst thing possible on something like this. It's all right, man. man. I can't think of what it to actually, say. Uh, it actually gives to the gravity of the scenario, uh, I think, yeah. how much this means to you uh, and to all of us, actually, Ooh. so that you've got, you know, you've got a help in hand and a, and a, and a way just to, to get moving forward, you know. Um, it's been really hard for me to, you know. Thank you. Um you know, and I, I, it's been hard for me to, like, see a struggle, and now I'm going to cry. Dang it. Um, oh, so, I just, uh, I'm so glad. Podcast. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so happy and grateful to James and, and everybody that got on board with this. Um, when I, when I found out, it was like, holy crap, because he kind of blindsided me with, after we spoke the first time, he's like, oh, yeah, and here's all the people I have on board so far. I was like, holy man. Um and it's because, oh, and the, and for no other reason, Al, but you are good people. And thank we... You. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, man. Thank you. Okay. Um, so, let's... Um, I, I won't... <laughs> I, it hasn't been easy, but... Honestly, I don't... I can't say it's been hard either. But I We keep being... People like you. And just you guys keep coming out of nowhere 
and hitting me with good stuff. It's uh, it doesn't. You put a lot of good out there, Al. It's just coming back around to you, man. Well, uh, I don't. I can't speak. I get a word pod. No word podcast. Um, I, I'm. Okay. I'm so floored. I don't want to sound rude. Can we move forward? Yeah, I got man. it. I got it. Let's, uh, let's, <laughs> I didn't want to be the guy that was like, okay, let's, yeah. let's step, take a step a different direction. Yeah. And uh, we'll carry on with the build series chat today. All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So where are you guys at with your builds currently? Um, like finish is applied. Everything's yeah. pretty much getting to assemble everything. Not quite ready for setup. Like where are you guys at? We're okay. So finish is applied. Um, we'll just maybe this is good. We can give a that's, recap. That's of the royal one. we. Yeah. Um, we are finish is applied. Um, some hardware is applied. Uh, in my case, I did. You know, we covered all this in episode one, but I, I did the uh, heel carving, did the the set neck work. I, I talked a lot about. Uh, overcoming the issues of my accidental geometry problem that I created for myself. <laughs> um, all the parts are ordered. That was, you know, it was episode one. You know, if folks, if you haven't listened to episode one, it's a good time. We had Trevor Woodland from uh, Vigilant Guitars on uh, to talk about uh, planning and uh, your build out and stuff. So, so the builds are at the stage where uh, today we're going to be on air. I'm going to do some uh, hole drilling and stuff to get uh, hardware and stuff. <laughs> I'll be doing some. Casper yeah. got way too eager and did his uh, off air because he forgot the whole point of this. Well, no, no. Um, <laughs> I get like, yeah, I was just way too stressed out, man. <laughs> it, it was like, I can't do, if I do this live, I will wreck it. I will not be able to focus and talk and do it. I'm a, I'm a very much, um, you know, shut the rest of the world off when I'm working and uh, it wouldn't make very for very interesting radio. Um, but um, I can definitely go through what we've done or what I've done, uh, how stressful it was. And uh, uh, yeah. So it is stressful. I was just telling Gary before um, we hit record <laughs> or maybe I said at the beginning of the episode, I don't remember. Uh, but every time I have to do something that involves uh, mm-hmm. drilling into this beautiful, beautiful body, <laughs> Or when I carve the neck heel, there's a little small moment of just like, <gasps> okay, here we go. <laughs> Deep breaths. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, so yeah, the builds are at the point where we're, or at least I'm carefully mounting and, and drilling holes for the hardware and pickups. Um, we'll get everything done today, but wiring. So, yeah. And that's about where I've got to. Um, nothing is wired. I have most of the build put together and mocked up. Um, like I don't have, you've got knobs already and pick guards and all your, all your hardware is assembled, yes, right? I have everything. Okay. So I'm still waiting for a couple things. Um, the pickup screws that I ordered in black and knobs from yeah. Indra guitars. They are coming post, so, post haste. Um, maybe we could, uh, start out cause you know, not, we didn't get to cover like some of what uh, people maybe, maybe let's cover revisit a little bit of the preparation ground mm-hmm. um, while we have Gary on the air. So, he, cause uh, I think that's part of, uh, well, especially 
because that's a big part of the concierge service of what he's doing. Yep. Um, you know, so let's talk about, you know, preparing the the plan for the body and stuff and what you go through with people and and some of the steps that you maybe think are the most important things for people to consider when they're uh, picking out their body. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's really different based on every single client. It's, it's, geared around whatever the client's looking for. Some, some guys want a specific body shape or they want a specific hardware setup. You know, sometimes it's aesthetic. I want this kind of look or style. Um, and, and, you know, that's the main thing is whatever you're wanting out of the build. And then we're going to kind of go around that. Um, I've got some, some guys right now that are asking for kind of lightweight stuff. Uh, not really too concerned about much else other than the fact that it's not going to be really heavy. So if they play some long sets, their back's not hurting. Um, so we're, you know, finding some lighter <laughs> weight. Wood and might have considered it, uh, it, you know, just kind of whatever the most important aspects are to the customer. We're going to kind of take that as the starting point and build everything else around that. Is there, is there a common starting point you think like most of the uh, most important thing? Well, I mean, yeah, it, I mean, outside of whatever is important to the customer, I guess the, the, the first point we usually start with is going to be like a body shape. Um, a, a body shape and scale length for the project that you're going for. That's going to kind of determine uh, what else we can do as far as, you know, what will fit on the body sometimes with electronics and things like that. Um, have to consider the shape. One of the builds I was working on earlier, actually, the guy wanted to fit a couple extra switches on there, and we're working with basically like an SG-sized body, and uh, there's only so much room in that kind of standard cavity before you just have to make it really large. Or yeah. You know, it's, it's all custom work. We'll, we'll do whatever needs to be done. Um, but when we're mocking up the design, he's looking at it, and he's like, whoa, it's really that much? I'm like, we got three switches. We've got, you know, four or five knobs. You have to have room for your input jack. Um, so we wind up with all, you know, basically an extra large cavity for this build to do everything that he wants to do, active electronics and all that stuff, um, similar to the base project that I was doing as well. So that all comes into kind of tailoring everything again, specific to that, that particular project. Um, I've got other guys that do single pickup, single knob, you know, pretty straightforward stuff in that respect. And, uh, the builds are, are pretty stripped down and straightforward. So I've, I've hit a pretty good gamut so far, I think in the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, oh man, see, this is exactly what you were worried about. Yep. Here, I'm <laughs> so, uh, sorry listeners. So what I'm doing right now at the moment is, uh, I'm about to drill some holes for the beautiful pick guard that I got from injured guitars here. Um, and pre-recording, Casper and I did drill all the holes in the pickguard itself. Um, Just because it was a, a forehand operation to countersink the yeah. holes and stuff. And we were a little worried about this, you know, volume of drill bit going through metal because it's the metal pickguard. Um, so I'm, I'm just, uh, I think one of the key things that people should do, measure your screw sizes. <laughs> Calipers are your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Barring that, uh, because I don't have calipers here, there is uh, kind of a poor man's technique, which um, can be fairly effective. If you got calipers, use the, use the calipers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, what I'm doing is I'm uh, comparing the screw to the drill bit, making sure that the drill bit is slightly smaller than the threads, diameter-wise. Mm-hmm. 
And then I'm also using some green painter's tape to mark, to wrap around the drill bit to mark how deep to drill. Yeah, a stop point. Yeah. Um, that was one thing that, that tripped me up when I was trying to gauge the depth of um, of like how far I should drill through because the pickup cavities in my base are, you know, they're, you know, probably 25 mil or something like that. Um, I, I actually went and like measured the, the body depth through one of the, uh, one of the string through holes. That's loud. <laughs> Sorry. Um, through the, the string through holes for the, um, the individual bridges and then took an overall, obviously subtracted the depth of the, of the hole for like the routing for the, for the pickup and then kind of calculated how deep I could go before poking through the other side and then uh, marked the drill bit, drilled the hole the entire time panicking that I was drilling through the back of the guitar. Uh, even though the math was sound and I knew I wasn't going to, I uh, just couldn't. Still makes you pucker up a little bit. Oh yeah, man. I was like, oh God, oh man, if all I got to do is <laughs> just blast a hole through the back of this thing and ruin it. Did Speaking you of, stop for a second now yes, before sir. you go ahead with that? Yeah. Um, did you pin mark or something with a screwdriver? I did. Or you yeah. made a divot? Yeah. For the, okay, you, great. You were watching me do it. it was, oh, I wasn't paying attention. I'm just making sure you're <laughs> making marks in the body. Yeah. The Speaking of puckering good. moments, here it goes, folks. <laughs> About to drill the uh, five screw holes for this pick guard. And uh, this is one of those points of no return. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't F it up. Thanks. You're welcome. Key tips from Casper. <laughs> yeah. Well, and while Al does that, uh, I can see the sweat starting to bead down his forehead. He's. <laughs> you're a, you're a yeah. cruel man. I try that to be. That pit guard is amazing, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, and speaking of, um, I I have a, my SG project is, is coming together, too. Pickups coming from Sonic. And uh, and uh, uh, Richard sent me from, Richard from Indra sent me the, the design. And we'll we'll yeah. share it for for this week as well because it's just amazing. Um, he does such cool stuff. Oh yeah. So do you, buddy? Yep. Oh well, nah. man, like this this thing coming together. That I mean, it looks so good with the pick guard, the limba. I'm looking at Al's build over here as he's trying to take artistic photographs of a drill. <laughs> well, because you know, I mean, I love our medium. The one downside of this because we don't do video. Yeah. Um, you know, it's hard to make a, make sure everybody's getting the full build experience audio yep. only. So I want to make sure, you know, I'm taking pictures of the tape on this. Probably don't this have to do that drill bit and stuff. And while we talk. Oh, just saying. You said you were watching me. So I thought I'd explain what I was doing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, another thing too, because we're like, obviously we're running down the final pieces of hardware, um, you know, and, and there's things like you know, what screws you're using is important. Um, you know, having to, having to drill Al's pick guard by like ourselves and countersink the holes and everything. It was like, because he did, we didn't have actual pick guard screws, um, that were supplied from, from Indra because we didn't, he didn't know what we, how Al would be mounting it. Um, yeah. So we actually used a, a some extra telly screws that I have from a, a couple of pick guards that I bought. Um, sure. And so, like, that's working. We've countersunk them. Al's drilling more holes. And, uh... <laughs> working on air. Yeah. Um, so, the, uh... I lost my train of thought here. But the, the, the key is to use quality things. Um, two things that I ran into, uh, 
that were difficult were um, the base pickup mounting screws. Um, I wasn't being terribly careful while, you know, mocking them up the first time and managed to get a screw halfway, halfway in and then kind of jammed up and the head stripped off of it. Ooh. Oh, and so easy talk, to do. talk about a pucker moment. Here I am with a pair of uh, needle nose pliers, cl- like basically clock turning this thing out by the shank. It was incredibly stressful. And because yeah. I was afraid now, oh my gosh, now we've got this, this screw that I've rounded off and now I'm wrenching on it with a pair of pliers. All I need to do now is break it off in the body and really just cap this achievement and, and, <laughs> and, and make a whole lot of extra work Which for is myself. actually um, why I didn't end up ordering the screws I was thinking of ordering because mm-hmm. I was originally going to go with some stuff off Amazon, mm-hmm. um, but frankly just couldn't get my faith up yeah. there. That these screws wouldn't be just yeah. crappy metal and just shear right off. So I I did order Amazon or from Amazon I should say, but I ordered all Fender branded um, stuff right from the the Fender Amazon store. So my neck screws are are from Fender, and um, the pickup screws that I ordered are from Fender, which they are not here yet. So I just have everything mocked up with the 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 chrome screws minus one, because obviously it's like- dangerous. I have the best luck with stainless steel in terms of screws, um, whether they're like actually fender branded or not. There's a few places you can kind of buy them in bulk if you're dealing with, you know, repairs or builds, you know, more than one project, I guess. But mm-hmm. stainless steel just seems to hold up the best. Definitely tougher. Uh, right. With the, the threading and whatnot. Um, and then like what you were talking about, kind of eating up the screw with mounting the pickup, that's where, where piloting is going to be really crucial. And, uh, the, the screws, the thinner the screw, you've got less kind of margin of error, I guess, to, to watch out for. Yeah. Um, but also the type of wood that you're drilling into can make a difference. So when like Al's drilling into the Limba, it's really fairly soft to carve and drill and everything, especially in compared to that, uh, the ash and the walnut that you're working with in the base. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, you can just about, you know, push a screw into that, that limba in the right circumstances and the ash, if it's not drilled properly, you could split something or it's not going to, you know, the screw is going to take the brunt instead of the wood. So. Or the head's going to peel off of it like it did. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say, no like, fun. As for, for the limba, I have found it quite a dream to work with because it's yeah. so friendly. It um, is. Like carving the neck heel was not a lot of work. It yeah. was just time just taking my time with it sure um downside is as long as this wood has been unprotected and and really for dents and dings it's not protected at all because all i've done is an oil finish um but as long as it's not protected with some kind of a harder uh i would say polyurethane Mm -hmm. even a nitrocellulose finish is pretty soft for the first five years um yeah, you could put a. I could probably push my thumbprint in, into this wood <laughs> if I push hard enough. Um, I think one of the first things I'm going to sell you out here, buddy. I'm sorry. Ah, <laughs> one of the first things that happened first day the box showed up. There's actually pictures of us unboxing in my front yard, and this is when that happened, <laughs> or that's when this happened. Um, Casper was was it the neck. Well, I, yeah, I was flailing things around like an idiot. No, I, no, I, I they yeah. just knocked together gently. Yeah, my you, you the base the, neck and the yeah. body bumped together. <laughs> and uh, I think it was you were holding my 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 neck. It was the it was the tuner of the headstock. No, wasn't it? No, 
It's okay. a, it's almost exactly a fret end on my. Oh, my did you check? <laughs> yeah. So Casper accidentally bumped uh, something into my body, and there's a little dent here. It's under the pick guard, though. Nope. No. Oh, I it's, thought it was. I thought it was too. It's right um, below. It. I don't care. I'm sorry. It, you know, <laughs> a little love bite. It'll yeah. be all right. Um, and then when I uh, when I was evacuated from the forest fire there, I, this is one of the things I made sure I grabbed. And uh, yeah, by the time it got here, um, there's a few more dings on it because uh, well, I just I didn't have a case for it yet. I didn't know it's gonna, yeah. <laughs> gonna be running around with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I did happen to uh, screws. Okay. I did happen to look up some screw sizes and stuff while I was doing research. Uh, unnecessary research, <laughs> but, uh, Gibson and Fender both use different screw sizes. Yeah. Um, and they're pretty easy to find. So Gibson uses uh, number five, three eighths mm-hmm. for their, it's a, um, metal screw, uh, sheet metal screws, sorry. Uh, oval head. Yep. And Fender uses number six, uh, half inch. So there you go. If you're wondering what screws to get, mm-hmm. those are the, those are the two major ones. And does that really matter? No. Really what the uh, number five and number six are talking about is the uh, court or the fineness of the threads. Nope. Size of the screw. The diameter of the screw, yeah. Oh, sorry. So the thread, yeah, the, the thread pitch it. is probably uh, in, in Imperial on both of those um, just because they are metal screws or like sheet metal screws. So the, the thread pitch would be in, indicative of the, of the thread size. They're all kind of standard. It's not until you get into machine screws that the thread pitch is, is actually dictated um, with the size of the screw. So you would have like a drywall screw would be, have a different thread pitch and different thread pattern than sheet metal and so on. And yeah, so on. yeah. Yep. So I am in love with these electro socket jacks. Oh, yeah. That's what I got too. But mine's black. Yeah. These things are just the best, aren't they? Yeah. Have you used, you've used electro socket jacks on a couple of your builds, haven't you, Gary? Uh, yeah, like those barrel jacks. Yeah, the 22. Mil- they yeah, they're like yeah. an improvement on the old Tele design. The one yeah. thing um, is that you have to almost, like I was having a trouble with keeping a something plugged into my Tele. Like a, a 90 degree jack plugged into my Tele wasn't really agreeing. It was like it kind of wanted a straight jack. So I had to, I actually like, buried the barrel of the jack a little farther into the electro socket so that it stuck out a little mm. bit more so it wasn't so like deeply sunken into the socket right. and that seemed to alleviate that problem on this guitar anyways on the bass although i haven't been able to plug it in or anything but <laughs> a, 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 a 90 degree um cable end fits into this very well and doesn't, doesn't yeah well i mean that's what they were designed for right they were designed to combat that problem because if you like your 90 degree cables um, a traditional yeah, the tele. sockets can be a little tricky sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think on a totally traditional telly, they won't go in there. Yeah, it's too it's too deep. Yep. Which is, uh, I think that's what the classic vibe that I have, or whatever this thing's called. It's it, got one. Yeah, it's yeah. got the that really deep jack, and it doesn't like ninety degree ends. Yeah, which it's you know, I don't think a ninety degree angle quarter inch jack existed when Leo Fender probably not invented that. So yeah, that would make sense. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, listen, how how many how many parts of the future would you like Leo Fender to predict? <laughs> yeah. This <laughs> the guy predicted quite a few. Um, but you can't predict them all. I was thinking that we uh, we put a barrel jack on yours, but yeah, you've got the, the socket cup to mount. 
Yeah. Uh, we did do a side mountain jack. I remember that was a, you and I talked about what size I wanted to do and that kind of a thing. I think Casper went for the larger size. I went for the smaller one. I don't know. I think this is 22 mil. That's what I ordered. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. I think mine's three eighths or something like that. Or three quarters of an inch, sorry. Uh, seven eights, probably. Seven eights? Okay. 20, 22 yeah. mil, yeah. I think you, they're kind of You standard. would know, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's usually seven eighths for those socket cups to fit into a body. Um, if you're really tricky, there's if you can do like a little recess trick with a one inch bit too, if you don't want that lip to stick out around the edge, but you got to make sure you line it up just right. Yeah, no doubt. I actually like the little the lip sticking up kind of lets you be able to see the the socket itself. Because everything yeah, on this, everything on the around is all black, right? So being able to see a little bit of black on that socket on the ash is pretty kind of cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's been my biggest um, fret, actually. Like, my biggest worry about all this is just is just having to drill holes, like drilling holes in the headstock for the for the machine heads. Was, oh, man. <laughs> it was like, I just have to do it and, and, and pray that I, that I don't F it up. It just takes a lot of patience. I mean, you, that's, you draw parallel lines where you need to, so, you know, things line up, you know, with the oh, edge oh, of your headstock. Good idea. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, the shape of the headstock doesn't really allow for, Oh, yours is curved too. I'm yeah, sorry. It's I'm all thinking... it's, um, and it's offset in a little, little bit to one direction and it's just like, ah, so yeah, that would be a little bit different as opposed to a standard like Fender style. It'd be all in all line, I guess. But yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's just a matter. Of, I I like to take my time and you know I tape everything over. If you're worried about marring up the wood, use a little bit of painter's tape and uh, just draw everything out in pencil. And I use some transfer punches once you've got everything looking good to your eye, and then just use a transfer punch to actually put like a pinhole for your pilot bit to start off with and if the the pins from the punch look good then you're pretty dedicated to it it's just a matter of you know getting a straight hole and i use a drill press to make sure i'm going straight through everything but if you're going with a hand drill you got to make sure to keep everything nice and straight yeah yeah i actually just uh, i just picked up a drill press yesterday little one for me like a bench top one yeah they're very didn't know you were doing that i still have that drill press for you it's behind you yeah well i just you know, we talked about this a few months back, but obviously things are in disarray still, so it's not a big deal. Doing pedals and stuff, a little bench top is going to be perfect. Yep. The problem, one problem with it, though, is the guy that sold it to me, he's like, yeah, it doesn't have a chuck key. Like, the key's gone. Oh. Like, oh, that's fine. I'll find one. Like, they're not that difficult to track down. and uh, But it's got, like, a like a three-quarter inch Forstner bit in it. Like I can't oh. even like I can't even get that bit out. So it's been sitting on the bench for for well since yesterday. I try I did buy a Chuck key at like Canadian Tire, like a local or or Canadian whatever you want to call it, Lowe's or whatever. And uh sure. um yeah, but it, none of them fit it. There was like a four star one that had four different Chuck bits on it, and yeah, they're all wrong. So uh, yeah, there's I've had a couple different drills and I've had different size chucks. Like the number of teeth on them, I think vary a little bit, so they they aren't necessarily interchangeable. Yeah, how did you do that, by the way? <laughs> just pinched it weird in my fingers. <laughs> I just had a screwdriver halfway across the desk. <laughs> That's great. Oh man. Yeah, the drill press was actually the first tool that I bought in my garage when I was doing everything as a hobby. 
Um, I bought a Meteora style body off of Rosser from eBay and uh, wanted to kind of do some different arrangements. He's got, you know, kind of preset options you can pick out for your bridge and pickups and stuff like that kind of off of his uh, page when you go to buy something through him. Yeah. And I just wanted to do a, uh, he had a telly style bridge, but I wanted to do a telly style bridge plate with a humbucker in it. And he didn't necessarily have files and measurements and stuff to work with that. So we just made an agreement. He was going to leave it undrilled and I would figure out that part on my own. Right. And uh, I had taken it to a tech that I worked with a little bit and he recommended one of his other buddies that had a shop that he did some work on the side. And uh, uh, supposedly he used a drill press, but this thing came back with the the string through lines were not straight and they they weren't going perpendicular through the body either because the the ferrules on the backside, you could tell that just the, the spacing between them wasn't quite right. Um, so I ended up kind of filling all those holes and saving up some money for the project and bought a drill press and did it myself. So that was the first tool that I, uh, that I picked up and then I needed a, a router after that. And then I needed a couple saws. And next thing I know, I've got a whole garage full of stuff to make guitar bodies. Nice. Well, there are worse things to have. <laughs> When are you open? I think that says Al. Right here in the corner. Does that say Al? It does say Al, yeah. Okay, maybe this one's yours then. I don't know. How, My, ma- how many? Uh, the one Sean's, Sean from Gun Street. Sorry. We're <laughs> <laughs> Gotta explain everything out loud. Yeah, yeah. Lord. So Sean from Gun Street, um, wiring. Did the wiring looms for these for us. Yeah. Um, and he did them in our colors, uh, blue and yellow. Then the orange drops has got to be for me because yes. that's... That's blue and yellow. That's mine. And then the, that other Gun Street harness that you have is going to be for my SG. Right? Let's see. Yeah. That'll be for you. Yeah. Think so. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> but you know what I'm thinking? What I think I thinking? made a boo boo here. And I think this is why the rocket ship is not on this wiring loom. What's the the boo boo is uh and I gotta find them because they're around here somewhere, I think. Or no, they're in the box with the loom. Um so the the knobs that I got from Injury Guitars. Yes have uh, Allen key set screws on them. Okay. Well, and these are split. Yeah. So those, they're meant for smooth shaft pots. That's not and really a boo-boo. You can these still are split. You can still use them. Yeah. And I think I'm going to. Little ferrule caps you can buy for the shafts, too, that will uh, just go. pinch right on there. Yeah. So I'll, I'll probably just, I'll probably go with this and uh, maybe just you know, shove a piece of a pick in between the uh, friction fit thing here so that I can still use the inner knobs because I want to use the inner knobs. Yeah, well, that's the point of getting them, right? Heck yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link. There's a little part that I use for those. You can just slide it right over the uh, the knurled shaft and put whatever knob you want right on top of it. Oh, like this is there's an aftermarket part made for that? Yeah, yeah. It's just it's a, like a little copper sleeve pretty much that just fits right around the pot. And then when you put the... Uh, the knob around it and like compress it down it it holds just fine 
Oh, that's you don't have to worry about the screw like going into the split of the shaft or anything like that. Nice, that's very smart. I like that. That's brilliant. So you've done a lot of builds yourself. Done a few. And uh, <laughs> just done a few. Just, yeah, just a couple. Um, you, so when you get to the stage where you're done your finish and stuff, what's the next most important step you see? Um, well, I mean, by the time I've applied a finish, I've already dry fit everything as best I can. I, ideally, I like to go through and more or less just set up the entire guitar, everything but wire in the pickups. I mean, I'm pretty confident the electronics are going to work. But in terms of, uh, you know, making sure your, your brake angle, if you have an angle in the neck pocket, is going to work out with the bridge height so you get proper intonation and set up. Mm. And you don't want to run into that uh, stuff after the finish. kind of an idiot would only check? <laughs> <laughs> so, so finish is kind of, you know, in, ideally the way that I would want to do it, that's kind of one of the last things you do. And then once the finish is done, let it cure up or whatever your process is going to be for it. And uh, then it's all just kind of assembly and setup after that point, hopefully. Yeah. I agree to that. Especially the uh, double checking the, uh, the break angle thing. Geometry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, I, I, yeah. that caused my, I caused myself a lot of headache there. A lot of yeah, headache. Yeah, I actually, uh, I, I mean, I, I learned quite a bit from the whole experience and I felt kind of bad in hindsight. Like I, I can totally offer to do everything that you've kind of had to run through, but I was just under the, the perception, I guess, that you wanted to kind of do a little bit of the work on your own and setting your neck and stuff like that. So I kind of stepped out of the finer points. Um, I just wanted to make a basic neck pocket for you to get started with and then let you take the rest from there. But <laughs> in hindsight with your, your troubles from the process and, you know, I've, I've had a couple other clients that have wanted to do not necessarily set necks, but angled pockets and a couple other things too. And, uh, I'm just a little more, I don't want to say aggressive, but just adamant, I guess that I want to try and fit a neck on the body and actually take all the measurements myself. And it, Ultimately, I want to make sure that once the clients have the guitar body in their hands and in their possession, they're going to have everything just kind of fall right together is the idea. So, mm -hmm. yeah, no, I, I get that. I appreciate it. Um, that makes I did sense. Want, I mean, I, I was asking for kind of a, a mixed bag because I was doing a build with you. Um, and I did want it to start at the bones of Bolton. But then I also deliberately asked for no screw holes to be drilled for the, for the bolt on because I wanted to turn it basically convert what would be bolt on to set neck. And I wanted to do it that way for the purposes of showing, you know, how it could be done. Yeah. yeah. How, how, how you could push a parts build. If there, if, if there's anything we've done, I think it's push a parts build to their extremes. They're, they're pretty intense builds for sure. I mean, excellent wood selection, the electronics, you guys are, are working with the harnesses and the pickups and the neck that Trevor has done for both of those guitars. Those are, they're just going to be amazing all the way around. Yeah. So it's, it's not your average, you know, barrel of parts, toss this together. Look, we got another dime a dozen telly kind of thing. They're very unique, individual, personalized, like they're going to be some badass instruments. Well, yeah. well, thank you, sir. <laughs> we are great. Thank you. For <laughs> My gosh, did did you notice um, how great we are, Al? <laughs> I, uh, I felt it in my bones. I mean, mm -hmm. I've always known. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> I feel really great. 
No, I, I, I thank you, Trevor. <laughs> it's Gary. Dude, like, we're talking to Gary. Uh, did I say Trevor? Yeah, man, I'm so you did. sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I'm still working over here. <laughs> <You're> just, <laughs> you said Trevor. I heard Trevor. Somebody said Trevor. Um, okay, this is why I shouldn't work. And yep, that's why I, I, just, I decided to do to do things. Um, I was trying of time. to live authentic to the vision, man. Um, and it, well, thank Trevor too. But <laughs> 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 thanks to thanks to you and and to Trevor. Um, but yeah, Gary, I I, I you guys. You guys knocked it out of the park, man. I mean, I know we pushed your boundaries, both of you, <laughs> quite a bit. Um, it's a good thing. And you you delivered. And and I, I've never seen parts builds like what we're doing. I think, you know, I think it's really rad that we have this opportunity. And I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to finishing them. Well, and, and if... Everything, you know, it, all you know, all things being equal, it's it's also great to be able to um, connect builders like yourself and Trevor together because um, I don't know that you, you guys would have um, necessarily, you know, found each other on your own had we not kind of been the spider web that kind of glued everybody together. Um, yeah, no, you guys have been been awesome with just my whole development, just from the ground up getting started. You guys have been really influential, very helpful. Um, the, the people you've connected me with has been, it, it, it's just helped me out immensely. I've done multiple jobs with Trevor now since this uh, project that I did with you guys, I've sent probably, I think three other clients that have done next with him that have shipped to me that, you know, we finished building out. So definitely cool. building some cool relationships out of all this process. Well, that's good. I'm, that makes me happy to hear. Yeah. I knew, I know of one for sure, but I didn't know there was multiple. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. We've got a, got a couple of them in the works. Um, the most recent one was an, another Trevor, actually also Canadian from Deathfly effects, uh, built an RD style body with Limba kind of, kind of similar yes. base off of your guitar. Um, yes. <laughs> but I wanted to do, you know, a little bit different join with the wood and we talked him into, uh, doing some like old school, like vintage, like actual traditional celluloid for the pick guard. So it's got a little different vibe to it. Um, I noticed the brake angle is pre-built into his. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we like was, uh, <laughs> some 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 learned by mistakes ahead of time for that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we figured it out. We've got our process down at this point. And there was, I mean, there's some some issues between not necessarily issues, but just parts of of going through the process with uh, you know making like a, the neck pocket or getting a template from my end on making the body that that fits exactly what what Trevor's doing. So. You know, he sent me some SVG files that uh, you transfer over to a laser, and it makes this, you know, super precise cut off of a, a computer file. Um, but the, the the width of the laser cut can affect how tight your neck pocket is going to be. So there's a little bit of just, you know, making sure the scale of the file is 100% right. It was some trial and error to kind of figure it out. But now that we know exactly what needs to be done to those files, he can can basically whip something up, custom design, whatever you want to do for your build. And we know exactly what we need to do to print that out. And I can just make a template that fits it like a glove now. So it's been a learning process. There's definitely a lot of experimentation going on, but uh, the whole build process, it, I've, I've been learning a lot too on my end. So it's been awesome. I think that's a sign of a true craftsman. He's, you're always learning. Yep. Absolutely. Sure. If the learning stops, well, you know, 
you're not doing it right. Yeah. What's I'm, I'm trying to think of there's a um the name of the school the, the philosophy school not school sorry the philosophy train oh boy it's a school of philosophy <laughs> um and there's a, it's a, it's a term but basically just the more you know about a thing the more you realize that the less you know about the thing because you become yeah, aware of how much more there is to know mm. right I don't know what that's called, man. I'm sorry. I, yeah, there's a uh, smart. Oh, someone smart's gonna listen to this and be like, "It's called this, you moron." <laughs> no, I, I'm totally familiar with the concept. I mean, that's the you can kind of walk into something thinking you know everything, but the the more you get into it, the more you realize there's there is to learn. So, I I got started doing kind of hobby builds for myself, and uh, as I've dipped my toes in the water with building guitars, I've met other builders that are just doing some really wild stuff, working with some cool woods you know, doing some, some lamination techniques and, and carving that just comes out looking, you know, incredible. And, uh, there's, there's just so many different directions you can take everything. And there's so many different facets to a build, the body, the neck, the electronics, the finish process. I've, I've even met a lady in, in Texas that just, she runs a lathe all day and just makes like knobs and she does body jewelry and some other things, just whatever kind of lathe project she can do but she specializes in making just guitar knobs they're cool shapes cool colors um pickup builders obviously guys that that do just a little bit of everything you can find somebody that specializes in the tiniest bit of it and turns it into their own art form yeah yeah i mean sean from gun street for crying out loud like the, oh. that's just it's a wiring harness you're never going to see that hopefully it's inside your guitar unless you're smashing it open on stage or something you know but they're so immaculately put together. His soldering, the way he runs his wires, it's just perfectly yep. clean, perfectly executed. I mean, I think if you're at the point where you're, there's two reasons where you're talking to somebody like Sean. You're modding a guitar to improve it, and you're changing pickups and stuff. You like doing that kind of stuff. So for that kind of a person, I think they're going to see the inside of a guitar a few times. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's yeah. where it really becomes... Uh, extra special to have somebody like Sean involved and doing your wiring because he really does make art of it. Um, yeah. Of the, of the harnesses that we've got from him, they're just, they're second to none. I would like to yeah. strip. I mean, I've, and I built my own harness one time um, for my Aria and it's a, it's great and it does everything I wanted it to, but it looks like poo by comparison. I've, and I even felt like I did a good job. And then, <laughs> and then I got one of these harnesses from Sean. It was like, oh, oh, yeah, I could have done this totally differently. I mean, it would have been way better. With, with confidence, I, I've probably wired up somewhere in the vicinity of 50 to 60 guitars at least. Mm-hmm. And Sean has me beat oh, wow. easily. He's he's just he runs a, so I mean, tidy. He runs a company. Ed, yeah, every, <laughs> every wire is exactly where it should be. Nothing is any longer than it has to be. There's there's nothing sloppy about it. Like even every little bit of shielding is in place. Um, and I, it's just, that's not something you typically for most average guitar players, unless you're doing your own repairs or you're doing your own builds. I mean, it's not something you typically do see out there. Maybe pedal builders are used to like soldering and making all their guts look really nice. But I mean, outside of that, it's just not something you, I think most people would kind of think to put that much effort into, but mm-hmm. he just really steps it up to a whole new level. Sure does. He's an organer 
Pacific, somewhere in the Pacific Northwest, right? I believe he's in Oregon. Yeah, I yeah, believe Portland. so. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about somebody else from the Pacific Northwest. For I a was going to say, speaking of taking it to another <laughs> level. So, folks, we're going to be totally transparent. We are doing an ad. Woohoo! We're doing a live on the air ad. Yeah. Who are we doing it for, Casper? Uh, we're doing it for Spun Loud Effects. Spun Our good buddy Loud Dan Effects. DeMay out of uh, right. Seattle, West Seattle, born and raised, I think. So, <laughs> Dan makes some rad pedals. Yep. He's made a lot of rad pedals, some of which you can't get anymore. Mm -hmm. But uh, Casper and I, um, first off, whether or not we were doing this ad or not, yeah. we're huge fans. We um, both own two of his pedals already. Yeah. We each own a blister and peel. Yep. And we each Which I just, a, just recently managed to get one. Yeah, you did. Yeah. So good, isn't it? Oh, man. And we each have a Leon's Railer Phaser, which is one of those ones you can't get anymore. Yeah. Sorry, folks. Um, I mean, maybe if you flirt with Dan real hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, you might get lucky. But I think he doesn't even have the components anymore. Maybe not. I'm not certain on that either. But, um, yeah, so Dan's a... Is a rad builder from the Pacific Northwest. Um, he just got a whole bunch of acclaim recently and some awards for the yeah. litigator um, pedal that he put out. Yeah, and he just won an award. Uh, I think it was part of the gear of the year. I think so. Yep. With premier guitar. For right. The, yeah. That's so, a rad pedal. Absolutely. It's been a pretty popular piece. Yep. And I would say um, if you can uh, go get yourself one. Um, I think, um, Oh, my, my train of thought just fell off. But point is, it's a rad pedal. Um, we do have two of them on the way, so I'm looking forward to playing that oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Dan is a... Oh, man, I just can't say enough nice things about Dan. He's he's beyond... Uh, he's he's beyond nice. He's somebody we really, really like. And he's somebody we've had on the show, I want to say... Ooh, hold on. You I can find it. Up? I can find it. <laughs> What was it called? Oh, it was Sunburns in Seattle. Sunburns in Seattle. That must have been uh, a very early episode. It was. Anyway, Spun Loud. 27. <laughs> was it SpunLoudEffects.com? I believe so. Is the website? Um, at Spun Loud on Instagram. Rad stuff. Check them out. Give them a follow. Uh, the Blister and Peel. It's kind of a two-in-one thing. It's two drives slash fuzzes mm -hmm. in one thing. Uh, we did some we did some talking about that early on in the show. We're not going to get too detailed about that right now. Yeah. The litigator, it uh, kind of takes its cues from transparent drives um, and then takes it one step further. Mm -hmm. Beautiful tone shaping on it. We're going to talk more about that when we get ours in person because, um, uh, well, you know, that's we were going to do that anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> Anyway, please check out Dan. He's a super awesome guy. It's really rad of him to help uh, support the show. And he makes rad stuff. Yeah. So Cool. Anyway, back to the build series. How's your pickguard coming there, buddy? It's coming good. I've seen you One more. throttling those, those screws down. Yeah, well, you know, the first time you put them in, there's a, a little sticky. Yeah. So I'm putting in the fifth screw now, fifth and final screw. And uh, I'm going to actually, one of these, I, I, I think I'm going to run out and try and find the same screw size, but without the dome. Just oh, flat, flat tops? Top. Yeah, that would probably help with the the countersink a little bit. Yeah. That's a good idea. How I, did you do the countersink on your pit guard? Carefully. Very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Casper and I, 
uh, held it down, and then used a drill bit and size quite a bit bigger than the yeah. screw holes, and just carefully... I matched the size of the screw head to the drill bit, and then we uh, very carefully just kind of used the, the weight of the drill to take a little bit of the material down so that the, the screw had a space to sink into. Um, gotcha. That's not the ideal way. Obviously, there's there's our, there are countersink drill bits out there specifically for this. Um, but you know, with the tools we have at hand, that's what we that's what we did. So the angle's a little bit a little bit different, but um, they sunk in real nice. And now I'll take some pictures of what he's done there, and they uh, yeah, it worked. I quite like cool. this. Um, I mean, it's a brass pickguard, and it was had no holes drilled, which is a very unusual circumstance to be in with a pickguard. Right. Um, most and he actually, even Richard at Injury Guitars, which is where this pickguard came from, always includes his uh, um, screw holes drilled yeah. with the with the. <laughs> well, normally when when so for just on that note, Richard would normally do uh, a pickguard if you ordered one from him. It would be likely for a guitar that exists. Yeah. Um, and if not, then you have to go into that a little bit more deeper detail. But because we didn't have, um, you know, Al's guitar wasn't obviously assembled. We didn't have everything in hand when we got the, the pick guard on order. Um, so the dr- the screw holes were left out kind of intentionally because we really just didn't know where Al was going to put them. So, um, but most of the time, say if you ordered um, something for a Jazzmaster or a, or a, like for my SG, for example, the pick guard coming for that is all pre-drilled and pre-countersunk and ready to rock. So. Yeah, so this isn't going to be a circumstance I think most people are going to have to deal with with the build. But yeah, um, if you're if you're getting anything made of plastic or anything like that, I, I, I've just never seen an aftermarket pick guard that you don't make yourself mm. that isn't pre-drilled. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's, I have a, I have a question for you, Al. I didn't yes, know sir. I didn't notice or didn't quite relate together where your components were in the picker, like where your pots and where your switch is. Mm-hmm. Um, that switch isn't going to be in a place where your orangutan hands is going to hit it all the time, is it? Nope. Okay. Nope. Um, if I were to do it again uh, with this body style and uh, something similar, I might move the electronics... Maybe another half inch. Back towards um, the tailpiece? Down towards the, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, no, this will be out of the way. Okay. This will be fine. Yeah, just my um, angle is a little bit steeper, so it looks really close to the pickups. Yeah, no, it's not. It's okay. like a strat. It's not as close as a strat would be. Right. And strats are the ones that really drive me nuts. I'm always rolling off that one volume knob. Right. So close. Yeah, it's too close. That's the... I mean, uh, yeah. I consider it a design flaw. If I'm being truthful, mm. Strat. Well, I mean, there's a difference between playing styles, and you know, John Mayer doesn't play like a orangutan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the only one with that problem. No, I know. I know. I, I'm not a fan of the body of the sh- of the the layout at all. I'm not a I'm not a Strat owner. And I mean, if you're right on top of it, rolling the volume all the time, and it fits your technique, then it's you know probably it's, awesome. Yeah, but. I mean, let's face it. There's a lot of guys who made good use of that positioning, and and you know have sure. no complaints with strats. Who who am I to say what I'm saying? And then you know, should Jimi Hendrix come out of the ether and be like, uh, bro? <laughs> yeah. How about nah? Because that's my that's my Jimi Hendrix, by the way. <laughs> 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 uh, that's it, eh? <laughs> yeah. 
So uh, can I say a huge thank you to Stephanie, please, mm. just really quickly, because she brought us both a cup of tea very covertly and snuck them onto the desks here. So. True. Um, your, your, your partner is wonderful. She is. She'll love to hear about it because she listens to the show every week. <laughs> Thanks, hon. <laughs> so I just did something funny. I mounted this switch, mm-hmm. and it turns itself off in this position because of where I mounted it. So I can't actually be. How does it, da- why does it do that? Because <laughs> it doesn't have enough room underneath. Interesting. Enough room. Oh, under- you know what? It might, not, might not be a room thing. That might be just a, it's not broken in at all thing. Oh, Maybe. Anyway. So your pickup selector? My yeah. pickup selector switch, yeah. So when I'm uh, in the neck position, it automatically switches to the middle. <laughs> it forces itself back. Would that be just hmm. to do with how it, is there another collar underneath there that maybe it isn't, is too tight or something? You know, you somehow you have like a, like a, this set, um, not underneath so that you can set the depth. No, oh, it just mounts right to the. Just mounts right to the pick guard via the. Yeah, yeah. The ring here, but no, not a big deal. I think I can just, uh, sorry, I'm talking off mic there. Uh, I think I can just bend the contact point. Tweak, tweak them. Just tweak it a little bit. What's it running into? Nothing. Oh, maybe not. I wonder if it's pressing into the pot on the one side there and that's what's causing it. Just because of the location on the pick guard is. is... i take this off for a second, I think. Okay. Anyway, let's keep going here. Yeah. This um, is this is all live building on the air, dude. You're running yeah. into a into a picadillo. Running into a thing. Yeah. All right. So enjoy the guitar building. Disconnect it from the pick guard. Oh, I see what's going on here. What's going on? Um, it's really hard to explain, but essentially these two contacts yep. are at a certain height. Mm-hmm. And the one for the neck pickup is too close to the top. So it instead of holding like this, it forces the switch back. But when it's like over on the bridge side, oh. it's kind of up and underneath. Really hard to explain without... Uh, I'm going to have to take some pictures of this. Yeah, yeah. Take a short little video and, and we can post it. I wonder if that's due to manhandling. I don't know. Interesting. Okay. Um, but yeah. Again, I think I could tweak it. Probably. Yeah, and that was another thing too. Is like now that I've got you know I've got the <laughs> the harness in and and I'm going. Oh, you know what? Maybe maybe I do want a a selector switch. Maybe I do want to put more because I mean my my control layout is very simple. It's like two volumes and a tone. I think. And that's it. So. And that's yeah, it's supposed to be kind of jazz bass style, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like super, super simple. But then it's like I think that's the the least um, fancy, or at least like working a lot of versatility into the instrument. Like it's as versatile as it really needs to be. But like I don't have any added features or anything anything special going on. It's just very, very simple. And sure. that was kind of the goal was to just keep it simple because I'm really not a bass player yet and. I got to figure that part out. 
no sense in trying to learn how to fly the space shuttle when you can't even fly an ultralight, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Got to start somewhere. Yeah. So, but I mean, the, the control cavity that we've, that you've routed into this body um, has enough room for some other stuff. So down the road, if I wanted to put, say, another control or a switch or something in it, um, sure, it's not so outlandish to, to make a modification to it. Um, that I would probably just end up shipping it to you. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of think that the smart move was what you did, though. The volume, volume, tone thing. Keep it simple. So versatile, so simple. Mm-hmm. As, as base control layouts go, I mean, that's, that's a crowd pleaser. Yeah, I agree. I think the next, the next build that I do, I mean, I'm not sure when that will be or, or how long down the road it will be, but I think I'll probably have, um, take a little bit more, um, license with it and, and be a little bit more elaborate. Oh yeah. Just because, and I, and I'll probably actually, Hey, but I was thinking about this the other day was actually sending um, the harness that I built for my Aria down to Sean and be like, Hey, can you remake this? But, but better. And, and maybe, you know, cause I've got an, a dead, like dead edited um, dip switch in that guitar because it actually had like a phase control. Like you had a phase switch, which I couldn't figure out how to implement that into all the other stuff that I had done. So uh, maybe I'll see if he can do that too. That's what he's good at. Yeah. Right. Right. It's like, uh, how you doing there, buddy? You're having a moment. Uh, <laughs> I'm working. I see that. Is it just a contacts or tip down? So they're if you'd loosen the screw and turn them, tip them up a little bit, does that make a difference? Uh, that's what I'm doing. Oh, and that's what you've done. Yeah, and I think uh, I think I fixed it. Nice. What's okay. the lug now? So what I did is the two screws securing all of the parts of the three-way switch together here. Uh, I loosened them mm -hmm. to allow me to adjust the contacts for the bridge and neck. And I'm tightening them back up here. Let's see if my work holds. Aha. Aha. Amazing. Voila. So there we go. I fixed the three-way switch. It. Never done that before. I tried to do that on the Aria one time. It didn't work out. <laughs> Vintage 70s stuff, uh, yeah, and that thing had a hard life. <laughs> so, yeah, I think you can only fix so much. I mean, sooner or later, stuff just rots. Yeah. And it was like a sealed thing that I actually had to, like, pry open the tabs and pull the backing off and, you know, apply some solder and tweak this and that and there and everything else, and it just, just never really worked out. It worked better than it did when I got the guitar, but... I didn't say much. No, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> it, it definitely need. Thanks, man. It definitely needed. Well, because uh, it was rough. Yeah, it was. I mean, electronically, bones-wise, it was in great shape. Yeah, yeah. It still is. Body's still in But, shape. yeah, electronics were, were rough. I did it. You did it, man. I did it. I can't wait. to. It actually looks super good. You say that with an element of surprise in your voice. <laughs> A little bit. Well, no. Not really. I mean, I did help. <laughs> That's true. You did. No, I, I just didn't. I couldn't envision it with the with the the controls in it. I did before, but it looks really good. Well, Aww, yeah. you look good too. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
I'm ready for strings, I think. I want to set this thing up a little bit better and get it. I got to wire it up first. Yeah, it's, everything's there. I just got to solder them together. Yeah. But I think, like. Do that next episode. Yep. I'll actually get to do some stuff live. Burn my finger. Yeah, that'll be fun. We'll have, uh, hopefully, what we're trying to do. I'm adding a little bit of a spoiler here. But uh, we're hoping to have Gary and Trevor on at the same time to tell us all the things we've done wrong. Oh, yes. <laughs> we could use a, somebody to team up on us <laughs> instead of me just teaming up with our guests on you all the time. Yeah. <laughs> tradition is tradition, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm excited. Uh, I, I, I'm... This is the point in the build. I mean, there's there's a lot of phases of excitement when doing one of these. Um, it's fun, it's fun to open the the boxes for the yeah. first time, and be like, ooh, oh, and see what you have. It's fun to kind of mock everything up for the first mm-hmm. time, and oh man. One of my um, biggest one was the, the first coat of finish. It was like, oh yeah, this is yeah. exactly the way I envisioned it. Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah, that's when it starts to really get rewarding. I think is when you see the the grain start to pop. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm kind of feeling, this is where I'm starting to get excited because right now I'm going to have to take all this off again because I got to put a ground wire on it. But where I'm at right now is, is that point where it's like, okay, now it really feels like a guitar yeah, and not just a couple pieces of wood that I glued together. Do you have strap knobs? <laughs> no, putting those on in a moment. Okay, good. Yeah. Because I've got the pickups mounted. Albeit not soldered. I've got the electronics mounted, the pickguards mounted, the jack thing is in. Jack thing. The, the jack. <laughs> Input jack. <laughs> I'm professional. Yeah. Um, the trem's on. The trem is on. The bridge is not on, but it's because there's not strings to keep it from falling off. You know, the, the machine heads are all on. It looks like an instrument that I'm just restringing. Yeah. Getting there. Mm-hmm. My bases looked like that for a little while, so I'm getting a little bit antsy. Well, you were antsy from the get-go. <laughs> I know. And I so, believe you had a problem because of that. You shut your mouth. <laughs> I I was not overzealous in any way, shape, or form. I was mm. just learning, okay? Mm. Just making learnings for myself. <laughs> no, I definitely did um, to do things that I shouldn't have. But luckily... With a whole lot more elbow grease, I undid my mistakes and fixed them. And I do have to, however, note that being because I've been like had the pickups in and out and in and out and in and out and trying to like string them through. Oh, one one fun point: um, the wiring for my pickups is so big with the the cloth and all the stuff on it that the pass through from the control cavity to the first pickup route was just barely big enough i had Whoa. to like i had to like tape and like string the the cables all out and like stagger <laughs> yeah, them together true. to pull them all through so that was one 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 note that's usually like a, a five sixteenths bit just a little over a quarter inch or so yeah well that's I, a pretty bulky wire yeah it definitely is he not used the vintage cloth, vintage style cloth style, so, it was, so it was bulky yeah but that was that was the only hiccup i had really uh putting the pickups in the uh cool yeah anyways um but because i've done that and like i had to say had the pickups in and out and then moving around and handling the instrument so much i'm noticing that the finish 
is like it's not marking, but it's like clouding just from handling. So I'm like, I'm just gonna polish it some more. We well, got a wax on top of it. Yeah, right? yeah, it's so. a microcrystalline wax. But I, I was under the, uh, I was of the understanding that this would harden to a hard finish, and it doesn't seem to be. So it would take a long time. Yeah, I guess. So I should probably take everything off and do the polish again one more time, and then right before I final assemble. Just yeah, if like, I do a wax finish, I try to let it sit for usually a couple of weeks or so and just go on to work for something else and come back to it. Yeah. Well, you, sir, are not Casper. I'm impatient. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know that was my middle name? <laughs> hey, I was trying to just, yeah, I just want to get it done. That's all. It's hard to let it sit. Yeah, I feel you. It's it's exciting, especially, like you say, once you start to hit all the certain milestones, you just want to get to the next point, and eventually, you know, the whole point of the process is to have a guitar when you're done. So yeah. you just want to play, man. I get it. Yep. Wait, so, we're going to have guitars when we're done this? Yeah, wait a minute. No, I actually... Hopefully. Like, I'm, I'm just at... I'm at this, like... I'm at a crossroads now. I can't go on. I can't... I can't do anything more because I can't mount pickups. I can't... You know, I just... I'm st- I'm stalled. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you're not. No. <laughs> oh. But one question though, and maybe it's just me and my my lack of bass knowledge, but the foam blocks that come that came with my pickups. Okay. Um the Was one it, Are you asking me or Gary? I'm asking or anybody that'll answer the question. Um <laughs> the the uh <laughs> the precision um pickups like the the humbucker for the precision bases they're not very deep like their actual construction is not very big um and so the foam blocks have the pickups sitting quite a lot lower than the jazz and like the jazz one is like hard against the block and i don't know if even the strings are going to clear it so it's like how much do i try to compress that and should i have to like if i and should i be bringing the precision pickups up to meet uh, to be closer to the strings. Like, I don't know nothing about this. There's a sweet spot with magnetic pickups, you know. Yeah. Just because they're not spring-mounted, right? They're foam yeah. foam blocks. It's a little bit... With EMGs, you want to get, like, active EMGs or something like yeah. that. You get them as close to the strings as you can without them interfering with the, you know... Physically? Vibration. Yep. With passive magnetic pickups, there tends to be a sweet spot. And you just got to kind of go about that just, well, sonically. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. too close can be kind of boomy and too far away sounds like you're a mile away from a microphone or something kind of. Hmm. And uh, I, I wouldn't even worry about how much you're compressing the foam, whether it's too much or too little. It, it's it's foam. It's just going to. Can you see that? No, there's a laptop in my way. Yeah, yeah I mean, so if you I, feel like you're really squashing it down too far, I mean, you can always deepen that cavity a little bit with a, like a trim router bit or something like that if you have to. But again, Al's right. It is just foam. If it's as long as you can get the pickup where it needs to go and you've got that clearance, sometimes you don't even really need foam underneath them. If the depth is just right for the pickup to sit at that sweet spot. So you might find out in your assembly, you know, maybe a different piece of foam that's not so thick might help out in that circumstance. Yeah. You know, from where I'm sitting, Casper, it's um, like two mils, maybe you're going to have to come up quite a bit. I'm talking about the the jazz. Like the jazz is right up against the string. Yeah, it should be fine. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. I mean, 
You're not going to know until it's the actual strings on there. Yeah, because it'll be up a little bit, I guess. I just want to, like, yeah. Yeah, because um, the thickness of the string is going to be a huge part of that. And, but know, these have uh, definitely got to come up a bit. For Just for, for our listeners' sake here, we're using a, Casper's got a piece of twine. Yeah, just going over the just, saddle. Just to kind of uh, get a visual mock-up going. Um, so and even if, like, fretting at the last fret is an indicator that's like rolling right over that fret. It's not far off. It's like a couple of mils. Yeah. But you got to consider if you're, if, if by, okay, first off in the unlikely scenario, you're playing your E string or your G string at your 22nd fret. I don't remember how many frets your bass has. Is it 24? Oh, you got a double line there. I'm assuming yeah, it's, yeah, it's 24. Yeah, it's 24 fret. Um, that thing isn't going to be flapping around. It's not like going to be a rubber band in the wind. It's it's going to be pretty taut. It's it's not going to the vibration is going to be very very minimal, minimal. tight. So yeah. I don't think you got anything to worry about. And it looks like you got lots of uh, adjustment play there. Um, and right now the other thing you don't know these are these are all bottomed saddle out. height. They're all just, bottomed out. Who too. knows, right? So okay, like I say, and I remember when when we first got them here, and I started like putting them together and like mocking it up. And I was noticing that how close the, uh, the depth of the saddle and like, and how high the, the neck is above the, the, like the top of the body was like, I was curious because I was like, and I would measure off the, the saddle bottomed out to the, the fretboard at the top of the, the 24th fret. And it was like, that's really close. So I'm like, I, again, I never built a guitar before. So, um, I think I talked to Trevor at the time and he was like, oh yeah, no, that's, that should be fine. And then you got all this adjustment and so on and so on. And he kind of like alleviated all my, my worries at the moment at that time. But you know, now that I've got a little more together and the pickups are really close to my, to my eyes, I don't know. But again, they're just like sitting here. So, I mean, I could also squish them down a little bit. Yeah. I believe when I worked with Trevor a little bit to get those saddles set up because that's the first time I had drilled for multi-scale bridge saddles like mm. that where they're kind of individually placed too. Yeah. And uh, it, it's basically like the, the the depth, got my calipers out again, but the depth of the neck from like the base of the heel to the tip of the crown and then subtract the height of the saddle when it's bottomed out. Mm. And then that gives you a rough idea for a neck pocket um, so that's kind of the general idea with your saddles bottomed out on that build and that neck bolted in, you sh- your string should be pretty well bottomed and then you've got nowhere to go but up from there. Right. And I think that's what I'm seeing. So. Yeah, I think you're good. I'm sorry. I keep bumping the mic cause I'm drilling the strap pin hills. My bad. Holes. Well, hole. Yeah. First hole. There you go. Second hole's incoming. Oh man. See, I put, I did shawler strap locks on mine, which are, Where it's at. which are nifty. Yeah. Those things are sweet. And like yeah. Al and I were talking about them too. And I guess they're kind of a little bit different than say the, the older style of them. These, the actual strap pins themselves are Lock the strap. Allen key. Yeah. Like that's, oh man, I was a little bit concerned about cause like drilling into well, I mean, because you oh. drilling into the ash and then like setting the 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 screw in, and like if it was like a, a like a Phillips, I would I'd yeah. be like panicking that stripping the Phillips screw off, and then but the man yeah the pin and the screw are kind of all one piece on those. That's right. Yes, and it was like that's very, a great very idea. Very different than the old style. Yeah, which I, it's yep. a wonderfully updated design. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say I like the way that the, uh, the the catch that actually attaches to your strap has a lock on it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, I've had kind of the off brand that are you know they'll fit the shallower stuff. They're kind of interchangeable, um, but I've had some failure before, and it's usually on that end where that that piece is kind of the nut starts to undo from the strap, and that's where the failure happens. Yeah, and yeah. They, they've improved it because that, that's how the shawlers used to be as well. Right, used to have to like take a double crescent wrench or something and kind of. Uh, just really wrench it down. Yeah, and and then over time it would loosen itself off. Yeah, the the cool thing they did here is they put a like a through hole that's just a a, a clean board hole that you can actually right. slip your small screwdriver through and really crank this thing down on top of the strap, and then yep. there is a set screw to bind it. And I would say using the same small flathead screwdriver is is what you would use for the the set screw. You just run that that little mm-hmm. shank through the the strap. Um, collar, or I guess you want to call it the locking collar, and lock it down. I'm I was real to, impressed with these. I'm about to make myself real nervous here. What'd you do? I'm going to do the upper horn. <laughs> and, uh, Good luck. Don't F it up. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> when I do the upper horn, the, I always have to kind of sit back and look at it and think about it before I actually drill it. I mean, if it's like a, a template that I've done a million times and I know exactly where it's going to go, then that's one thing. But if you're kind of going from scratch, it's real easy when you're looking at it up close to be like, yeah, that looks good. And then you actually put it together and you're like, ah, that should have been down here a little bit, you know? So you're creating that's so one where you much kinda, like anxiety in Al's eyes right now. <laughs> no, no, no. Just, just, I'm saying you draw it and look at it and sit and come back to it. And if it still looks good to you, then drill your hole. If you can come back to it and you're like, I think I want to move it a little bit, then it's not time to drill yet. You well, know, I've kind of, so, I mean, here's an advantage of doing a body that's similar to another body. I've got some visual references. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. I can look at and kind of go, do I like it there? And, uh, well, the one thing I will say about it is, it's symmetrical with the tip of the, the point of the cutaway on mm. the top, which sure. visually I think is, sure, that's a good look. I'm a little tempted to put it a little lower mm-hmm. just so, so that there's some angles angle. the pin down yeah. a bit. That might not be as a, ex- aesthetically pleasing, but it would probably create a, a little, little more bit secure. more security. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that being said, I while these aren't locking straps, I can put locking straps on here at any time. Yeah. Uh, but these things are gigantor. Yeah, yeah. They are like the biggest strap buttons I've ever seen. Yeah, they're pretty huge. So uh, it's going to be a real pain in the bahookie to to get brand new. There's that word again. Bahookie. Um, to get brand new leather strap ends over it. But Oops. it ain't going to fall off real easy. So there's that. I think I'm just going to give her. Hey man, just gonna, just gonna give her, give her. I I wholeheartedly support that decision. Go for it. <laughs> you guys are the best. <laughs> Don't forget the angle. Get the angle right. Well, easy now. I've dented it. I'm committed. There it is. He's drilling holes. How do you feel? <laughs> I feel accomplished. Honestly, I can't describe, and this happens every time I've ever done a build of, of anything, anything. I love the feeling of accomplishment you get. Mm-hmm. I, I just, there's something about this that is 
It's such a thoroughly enjoyable process. I love it so much that I can't get enough of it, and then I have to redo things that I've done too hastily. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, that explains your finish issue. Yep, it sure does. <laughs> I love it so much I started a business. <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, you did. And I, oh, man. I do have to say that about about the journey I've been on and learning how to build pedals is there is nothing quite like plugging something in that you built with your hands and that works. So absolutely. And that's that, that accomplishment thing. And it's, it's so great. Ooh, it really is. I think the DIY aspect of, of building your own stuff when you're a musician is just, it's immeasurable. I mean, to understand if you really play with some pedals and get to know how they work and what they're actually doing, you know, you can kind of, understand what a distortion wave is versus a fuzz wave and how it breaks the signal. But mm-hmm. to know what the components are that are doing that, I think just really kind of steps it up a little bit and making your own instrument is just, it's, it's that, but it's even so more good. so I feel like, um, you know, it comes out in, in, in your playing too. It might not necessarily make you better. I mean, you're only as good as your fingers and your tone and your ability, but if you have something that you've made and designed yourself and you know everything inside and out, it just gives you a certain level of like knowledge and kind of like confidence, I guess, with it. That's what and I was going to say. Out yeah. And like, you know, freedom and creativity. I feel like if you, if you have the tools that you want to make your music or your art with, then it's going to come out that much better. And if you made it yourself, then mm-hmm. then more so. It's such a great way to learn more about the instrument you love. It, it's absolutely it really is and it and it actually i think it does inspire once you've once you've done something with your hands you've built it yourself and then you start playing it it actually drives your drives your like desire to learn more and be better at it you know? right oh this is exciting. It is. this is exciting you hung it strap on i am wearing my guitar for the first time all right. And it is light. Yeah, man. Holy smokes. How much was it? That body was like four and a half pounds, if I remember. I, I have never weighed it. I don't know. Mine's like 12. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that heavy, but it's, it might as well be. <laughs> yours, yours is, yeah, yours is, yours is a meat, a meat. Yeah, I think, I think the base is in the eight range, like eight yeah. and a half or something like that with just wood. But I think that limbo was like right at four and a half, if I remember. Oh, it was. I think money. my whole guitar, because I, I I thought for sure putting on the hardware and the electronics and the brass plate, uh, I expected it actually to add. So it really, this is the lightest guitar I have. Yeah. Well, it's I'd venture to say you're between seven and eight pounds when you're all finished up. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. Wow. It feels great. Um, I can't describe how good it feels. It's comfy. And now that it's like on in a playing position, I can kind of get a a feel for the neck for the first time. Yeah. And yeah. wow, what a great neck shape. My compliments to Trevor. has got such a cool texture to it too. Yeah. Wenge, man. It's the, it. See, now I'm not that trendy guy that does the Wenge thing. But, I, <laughs> but like, that seems like a really trendy wood to me. Like everybody's like, oh yeah, because... But I, I, the core of my neck is Wenge as well. Yeah. And that's really just for the color aesthetic, for the for the dark color. Oh. But it looks so it's, good. It's, and it's it supposed to be like a rosewood so alternative. I don't know where it falls in the wood family, but um, Wenge for me, I, I mean, I like the look of it a lot. But I, I've i played a few Warwick bases, and they used a lot of Wenge. I mean, it's probably still do. I don't know. Um, and I, I very, very distinctly remember 
the feeling of winging on a Warwick base and how fast it felt and comfy to play. So that's that's a big reason why I chose it. And I really also wanted to get some contrast between it and the color of the body. So, man, this feels great. Yeah, I think Wingate's been a little more popular lately with uh, just the sourcing and kind of sustainability of it over Rosewood's kind of had some issues with uh, international shipping and where it's coming from and all that fun stuff, too. Yeah, so. of course. Yeah, I am going to have to take this. Well, I'm going to have to take off the control point anyway. I don't really like the angle my selector switches at. You don't have a lot of room in there, man. No, I'll figure it out. Yep, I believe you will. Hopefully, I don't have to notch some wood. <laughs> but, yeah, that would be uh, not good. That looks good, man. That looks sharp hanging around your neck. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah. Can't wait to finish Now you're ready to play I Love Your Butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. I love that song. Uh, problem is, everybody loves that song. Anytime I've ever played Except that song for, for an audience, Kat. they go nuts. Your wife hates that song. My wife hates <laughs> I mean, for good reason. <laughs> yeah. It's literally a song glorifying her ass. Yep. Yep. You said the A word. I did. <laughs> um, yeah. You know why she hates it? Because the first time I ever did it, it was just a giant joke. Yeah, yeah. And then it was an open mic night, and then she was going up to sing a few songs after I got off stage. And I, I did this, oh, such a poor choice of, of location, but my my hometown is a huge rednecky oil field town. <laughs> and she said as she walked on stage, immediately after my final, you know, I love your pot, uh, she was like, half the heads in the room turned and followed her, but not at eye level. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, she was not happy with that. So that's why she hates it. Mm-hmm. Um, playing it at our wedding reception did not endear any favor from her. <laughs> Having her family sing that towards her was not, <laughs> it was funny, not a winning move. Um, it's, I, it's really amazing. She's, she's put up with you. Actually. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. All the weird stuff we've gone through. And I know, I, I know how much my wife outclasses me on every possible level. She she hangs in there, man. Yeah. She is, she's the best. I love my wife so much. Also, getting back to topic here. A huge shout out to to Cara Jean at Tremolo Leather Co. Yeah. This strap went on like butter. It was not hard to get this strap on these giant freaking strap knobs. Well, that's vintage, like Gibson style strap knobs are like little itty bitty. No, I know, but it's like I moved it. Did you notice? I did notice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I've got a Tremolo Leatherco strap hooked on this thing. Uh, I thought it was going to be hard to get a strap onto these knobs, and it slipped uh, right on there. It's amazingly secure, but it slipped right on there. Let's this leather. She she breaks this leather, and she's got good leather on here. Shout out. Mm-hmm. Big big props. <laughs> oh. Well, we're getting close to that time, aren't we? I'm supposed to be at Costco right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, any final thoughts? Did we cover everything we wanted to cover? I don't know. We just kind of like wung it. It was we did. It was good. 
we 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 talked about dry fitting, dry fitting, test fitting everything. It's called dry fitting. Dry fitting. Yep. Um, we talked about drilling holes. You drilled holes. I drilled holes. We're doing a lot less of this on air than I was when we were originally envisioning, but as it turns out, uh, working while on the air. <laughs> Not Al's strong suit. <laughs> Not my strong suit. <laughs> um, what did we miss, Gary? Come on, man. You're the expert here. I mean, I think we kind of hit the, the core notes here. Um, every every project is different, man. Like I say, some builds are overly complicated, and that's that's what they like. Sometimes they are extremely simple and kind of to the point. So it's just it's going to be different every time. Fair enough. Your partner makes good tea, Mr. Gasman. I know. I know. It's been a long time since we've actually had tea on the show. Yep. I think our first Sounds three so episodes were, were all, yeah, very tea-oriented. And then we went to beer. Well, we didn't. Well. You did. Well. I heard if, Listen, drink. if I handed you a banana, you would take it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's never, never been much of a drinker period but uh yeah. with beers i tend to drink the stuff that's kind of more for like you know 18 year old babies <laughs> very sweet yep <laughs> you're a growers man aren't you uh what's growers growers the like coolers oh i i, I would probably into like that, that white you claw would, yeah you would love it white claw <laughs> <laughs> yeah white white claws like getting trashed in the trailer court stuff there you go. That's what growers is too. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, that works. <laughs> well, to wrap up episode two of the Parts Build series, um, it never, ever, ever hurts to, you know, the, the, the adage of measure twice, cut once, um, test fit, double check, rethink, test fit again. Let cure. Yeah. <laughs> Patience. Patience. Yeah. It's hard to have patience when you're really excited about the project. And that's, that's probably the biggest thing to take away from this is yeah. uh, impatience leads to mistakes. And then it's easy to be impatient because you're going to love doing this. And, yeah. uh, Slow down. Enjoy the process. You know, it's, it's the guitar is something you're going to have for a very long time. Ideally, you know, it's not something you probably have more, but this one's going to hopefully last you forever. So if it's meant to last that long, it's worth taking your time and making all the little details and putting all the little bits of effort into it that you want out of it. So it's it's going to be exactly what you're looking for. Yeah. If you rush through it and you're not as happy with it, you know, you might not be as tempted to pick it up and play with it. But if you take your time and everything's as good as you can possibly make it, then all the better. Yeah. Agreed. Wise words from a wise guy. Not a wise guy, but. Yeah, you wise guy. <laughs> a wise man. Good fella. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's it. Hey, buddy. I think so. Wrapping it up. Part two. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're, if you journeyed with us this far, um, we're going to have part three out. We're, it's probably going to be the final part. You think? I think so. I think if I we think do we longer. Should, we should put a jam session out just after. Just a jam session. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, so part three will definitely be the final. <laughs> um, and if you followed with us this far, part three will be out in uh, January. January. Oh, yeah. 2022. 2022. This will be the 
Wow. And before that, we have an important milestone coming up. Yeah, we do. Our 100th episode. Yep. We have something special. Ooh. Yeah. Because right, yeah. this Congratulations. Will, I think Thank this you. will drop at number 96, if I'm not mistaken. You are not mistaken, sir. I, so, I usually am not mistaken. Okay, now. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I've been working on putting something special together for this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I don't want to reveal it yet, mm. but uh, it's gonna it's it's something that we have done once before, and people loved it. Yep. So we wanted to revisit it, have a lot more fun, um, and uh, we might be doing a giveaway. Beauty. Yeah. So stay tuned Sounds for fun. that. Yeah. Um. Thanks for joining us. Part two build series. Done, and uh, we'll see you for some regular episodes in the meantime. And uh, this will return. I don't know what the first Tuesday is in January, but it'll return the first Tuesday in January to wrap up. Mm-hmm. So, um, last but not least, let's uh, give a big shout out. Everybody, go check out all the Build Series yeah, partners. Good call. Um, obviously, Gary from Partscaster Concierge, our inaugural. Thank you, Gary. Uh- <laughs> My pleasure. Trevor from Vigilant Guitars, Sean from Gunstry Wiring, Richard from Indra Guitars, and there's one more I'm missing, Cole Max Pickups. Cole Max Pickups, that's So right. um, do go and check out all those guys' Instagram um, websites. They, they're they uh, all worthy and uh, amazing people. So let's, uh, let's give them a big shout-out and go check out their stuff. Yeah. We'll see you next week. <laughs>